Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Everybody, it's Linda Gunner with Love Him, Love Them, where we are going to give you hope today. We are going to touch your life, and I can guarantee you, if you stick with us to the end, your heart will be changed. We have a fabulous guest today that you're not going to believe. I can't even believe we have her in the studio for the amount of time that we do because she is all over the place. Um, if you ever need an amazing speaker or someone that can step into your congregation and change things forever, I want to introduce to you a very good friend. I don't even know what I'm supposed to call you, but I'm, I call her Peggy Berryman. <laughs> so I'm sure she's got a much, much bigger title than that, right? But uh, to me, she's Miss Peggy. So go ahead and stand on your feet and give a great roaring applause for Miss Peggy Berryman. So Peggy, how does the world refer to you? Are you Reverend Apostle, Evangelist, uh, or are you just your husband's wife? <laughs> well, I have different. When, I, when my kids were small, I was the mother of Bruce okay. and Kim. Yeah, you Bruce. Bruce's Kim's mother, mom. Kim's mom. Exactly. Uh, some people have their own expressions of who I am and <laughs> my name. Yeah. But Peggy's fine. Well, I mean, in the grocery store, people call you Miss Peggy or they call you Miss Berryman? Well, if they call me Miss Peggy, I oh, know, you know it's from my past. Okay, right. Because when, when I did head start, okay. I was Miss Peggy. All right. So now how, so I, we just attended your 50th wedding anniversary. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people that have been married for 50 years. Have you written a book about that? How to stay married? I haven't. I started a four page book and okay. it's still in the four pages. Yeah. But so. you know, you need to write <clears throat> how to stay married for 50 years. And how, how long have you been a pastor's wife? Let's see. My son is 45 and he was four. So okay, so whatever that math is, I I can't do math. I know, but about well, about a long time. Well, Bobby's been preaching that long, but let's see, we was at Fairview in Livonia for about twenty nine years, and then really? we've been at Ruckus Grove for twelve. Right, but then how did Maple Springs fit in? My daughter's church. Okay. That's where my babies go. All right, so you did you always dream when you were a little girl? Oh, I just want to be a pastor's wife. No, that wasn't my dream. <laughs> that was the Lord's plan. Yeah. So if you are out there and you are a pastor's wife, you'll get that joke. But anyways, for everybody else, it's just a blessing to be the yes. pastor's wife, isn't it? It's like a, a nice place to be. I think the pastor's wives and the first lady are the hardest jobs in the world because people want to ridicule your hair, what you wear, what you don't wear, what you say, what you don't say. Everybody just loves to uh, criticize whoever that is. So we'll, we'll leave well, that aside. But let, I don't me get this, in go, let me say this. Okay. The, to keep it in the right perspective <clears throat> yeah. and not to get carried away with a title. Yeah. I see myself as a servant. Exactly. Good God. job. Yeah. I've I've spoken at different conferences in different places and whenever by the time whenever they've introduced the person, it takes two minutes because they're <laughs> After they say Bishop Evangelist Apostle, it's just a very long title. Yeah, yeah. But the truth is, that's what we all are, right? Even Jesus Christ himself was a servant, right? Right. And and you and you keep yourself in the right perspective, mm -hmm. but keep you won't humble. let titles identify who you are. 
Exactly. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you on everything. So you have got a whole lot of stuff going on. I've never met anybody besides myself, which is why I'm so amazed that we're sitting here both for the whatever we've got 20 minutes to actually talk. But I want you to share with me and tell me some of the stuff that you have going on that other people can get involved with or how they can love him and love them by being involved in the multiple ministries that you have. You work with ladies, you work with the churches, you work, I mean, you've got so much going on ministry-wise. Tell me a little bit about how all that looks and how all that works. Again, like I said, you have to keep yourself in the right perspective that we're servant. And I remember when my husband and I first uh, got married. Which, we by to, the way, I love your husband. Thank you. He's I such, do too. He's, <laughs> he's so opposite of you. Yes. You know, opposite attracts. That's what they say. And uh, it takes... Uh, that object to make one complete. Exactly. So this complete. one and this one, and we come together and we're whole. Yeah. You yeah. and you and him are a lot like David and I. Right. David is a lot like your husband. Right. Real. The quiet one, mm-hmm. and we are the one that do the expressions. Yes, we're the expressive ones. Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> what well, I was to- gonna say, um, well, my husband is the treasurer of our association. Okay. And he's been there for fifty years. Oh my goodness. And so when we went to get the um fifty years. the book from the the older guy that was doing it, he said to us, I want you guys to wear out and not rust out. Interesting. Wear out and not rust out. Meaning, okay. don't take <clears throat> nothing to the grave that God has put into you. Hmm. Empty everything you got out into Where someone else. Out? Deposit it. Okay. And find those areas where God has already predestined it for you. Wow. And find yourself walking in that ministry. And nowadays it's many. Yeah. Because you don't have a whole lot of people standing in line behind you. <laughs> I remember my husband went to Haiti. That's right. He told me. On that. a mission trip. And this old lady who was the, I guess, the chief of everything. And they asked her, uh, how, when are you going to retire? And then she turned around and she said, I don't see nobody in line behind me. Hmm. And so it, it sometimes it's that way even here in America, in our right. local churches, in our local ministries. There's not a whole lot of people standing in line. So I take that when you get when you finish or when you retire or when you go to something else. It's hard it's, nowadays to even find somebody to come alongside you and help you while you are doing it. Right, right. <laughs> and so you keep doing it. Right. You just keep doing it. And I don't, is retirement in the Bible? No, I don't think it's no retirement in God's plan. No, I don't because ever. I mean, I guess said, when you retire, you're out right. of here. That's why he said up. good and faithful service until the end. Yeah. You know. And so I, I'm just one to believe that God's word has got to go. Right. It's got somebody got to do it. And if that means I double up or triple up or mm-hmm. find opportunities to serve, right? And He knows who He can trust with stuff. That's very, very true. Yeah. And if He can trust you with, if He can't trust you with a little bit, He can't trust you with a lot. I want to skip back real quick to because I remember your uh, wedding anniversary. I want you to tell everybody, especially me, because I hadn't been married for fifty years. <laughs> what is it that uh, is the secret to? I mean, some people don't can't stay married fifty months. What is the secret to, and you're happy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know you're happy, but I I know you and Bobby are, I don't know if I'm allowed to call him Bobby either, but you that's are. what I call him. Yeah. Y'all are amazing. And you're doing the Lord's work together. You're, I mean, what is the secret? <clears throat> I think the secret is that we have a choice. <laughs> we just did a show on choices. <laughs> yeah. We have a choice to choose to stay married. 
Right. You have a choice to love each other. You have a choice to start over fresh every day. You have a choice to forgive, forget, and move on. Right. And but then, I mean, at fifty years, you don't have to still have you don't still don't have things you have to forgive him for, do you? I mean, does he ever offend you? I can't imagine that. After fifty years, I thought you would have it all figured out. Well, you know, even I was thinking the other day, even at fifty years, yeah. there's some things we're still learning. Really, we're still learning. We're still growing. We're still learning how to say for, forgive me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I mean, I mean, you. It's it's like it's a never ending. Uh, process of learning. You're right. always learning. You're right. always looking for new ways to do things to keep um, your marriage alive. I mean, I think some people think, and I used to think this, <clears throat> that like when you saw people that were married for 20 years or 30 years, that then their lives were perfect. And like they sat in a rocking chair on the front porch drinking a cup of coffee and they never were offended by each other and every they had figured it all out. And so they were just that's I, I thought marriage went like this up the hill and then you made it to the pinnacle and everything was fine. Are you saying that's not exactly how it works? I said there are perks in marriage. There are times when you um, when everything. Yeah, you just excited. You just but then that's that's those valid experiences. Mm-hmm. I think life had those valid experiences, no matter where you are in your life or in your marriage. And it's in the valley mm-hmm. that we learn, exactly. that we grow. And then we come out with an overflow. Yeah. So David and I just flew back. We were somewhere in Ohio or something. And we flew back. We flew over the Rocky Mountains and the whatever the Blue Ridge something or other is. And I noticed we would be like, oh, my gosh, look at that mountain. But to have a mountain, you had to have the valley. And so then you would see the valley and you could see the little places. And then, boom, there would be another mountain but if it, if there weren't the valleys, there would never be the mountain because it would all be just one level top part. And so I think that's the thing. if we could grasp the key to living in the valley, whether it's in our ministry, whether it's in our marriage, whether it's in our work, whatever it is, we would realize when we're in the valley, the mountain is coming. Right. Gotta and not get bitter while you're in the valley. Mm-hmm. You know, look at it as a, this is my growing stage right here. This is what God put me because he's teaching me something because he may be getting ready to move me to another level. Right. And so if I'm not ready to handle the valley experience, how can I handle a mountaintop experience? All right. So speaking about mountaintops, wh- I mean, were you born a Christian or how, how did you how did you come to a knowledge that Jesus Christ was your Lord? Tell me how that works. Um. I was. Were you raised Catholic? No. Okay. My mother and my father was Baptists. Okay. We always went to church, and it was six of us. We had one sister to go to heaven early. Oh, I'm sorry. And people can tell us that they saw all six of us walking across, lying across the road, because <laughs> we could walk to church. Church was within our com- walking, and okay. so all six of us walked to church. Like little chickens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Little Deedee's going across the road. <laughs> And so we was always reared in a home with values and principles. And you learned the 23rd Psalm. You knew the Lord's Prayer. You knew the Bible was a reference for better living. Okay. As I learned er later in life, the basic instruction before leaving earth, leaving earth, that was your instruction, God. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, and I was thinking about it just the other day, just like it was yesterday, at the age of 12, oh, wow. I was sitting on the third pew at the Rawson Grove Baptist Church. Oh, really? Doing revival. Oh, wow. And I heard the preacher preaching about heaven and hell, and he was talking about what it takes to get to heaven and what it was going to take to get to hell. So I 
made a choice mm-hmm. that I wanted to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I was the only one that night that got up from that third pew, oh. went up, gave the preacher my hand, and gave God my heart. So are you saying that just because you were raised in a family that your mom was Baptist, your dad was Baptist, that that wasn't enough. You had to make your own choice. Oh yes. Have, oh yes. You have to make. Oh yes. I, interesting. Yes. So that's very interesting. And and then did you ever look back, or did you just completely oh, no. move forward from oh, age no. twelve? God just. I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I wanted more knowledge. I wanted more understanding. I wanted more, more, more. Um, and I just got involved in the um, ministry of the church and got involved and in doing. And the more it was kind of like you know, the more you. Eat something that's real good. The more you want. Like that potato pie. Exactly. Egg salad or chicken salad yeah, back yeah, there, too. But, that's but, why you wouldn't let me get started. Right. right cause I, yeah. But it's that way, you know. And they used to sing this song in our church when I was growing up. Every round go higher and higher. Oh, I don't know that one. It's one of the old ones. Okay. And so you look for that... Um, to move higher in Christ and God just done things and carried us places and allowed us to be a part of things that I never dreamed. Where did Bobby come from? From right where I did. Ross Grove Baptist Church. <laughs> we grew He's up. He's on the fourth I, row. Huh? <laughs> well, at that time, let me see now. Um, his parents and and my parents both grew up in Ross. Ross and Grove was a family church. Wow. That was a church. So we knew each other from our parents and from just being Is he older in, than you or are you older than him? No, he's older. He's the older one. Okay. Yeah. He he um he finished school in sixty eight. I finished in seventy two. Okay. Got it. And then how long was it before how old were you guys when you got married? I was nineteen. Oh wow. And he was twenty three. And then was he already a pastor at that point, or did you walk no. through that with him? No. I remember on the night that he gave me my engagement ring, he uh-huh. said to me. Uh, I feel like God has something greater for me to do. Mm. And I'm like, okay, he'll probably be a deacon. Well, he's already a deacon. He'll probably be the chairman of the deacon board. Yeah. That's what my thought. Okay, we'll be the chairman of the deacon board. I can handle that. But then uh, I guess it was after this happened in church one Sunday uh-huh. when the Lord spoke to him. He was in the choir okay, singing. The pastor was preaching about the burning bush. Okay. Moses. Yeah. And he was in the choir singing. And I think I was sitting in the audience that Sunday. And he stood up and said that he felt like the Lord was calling him into a higher calling, a ministry. Uh-huh. He felt like he was burning on the inside. Oh, wow. From the and so he's, yeah. So he stepped out at that particular time and accepted his calling to wow. preach the gospel. And so now... I mean, I don't even know that I understand exactly everything you do. I guess it's all tied in with the association because, I mean, everybody knows you everywhere. You're so well-respected. I've never heard one bad thing about you, uh, not one negative word, anything. So, I mean, you're are you over the association? Are you over all of the churches in well, the area? I'm over, I'm over the women's group, women's the ministry. women ministry of the, our association. For the state of Georgia? No, or for, the for our association. Uh, Northeast Georgia, yeah, our area. Okay. Yeah. But we have done work on the state level. We, uh, Our state has a uh, convention, which is coming up next month. So we'll be going to Augusta, no, Macon, Macon for two days next okay. month. And then we have our Congress of Christian Education, which is a state 
ministry that we used to teach in. We didn't teach in it last year. Uh, this year, I'm not sure we're teaching it, but we may go. But we, we, yeah, we've had a spirit, like I said, it spirits all over Georgia. And it's because of the Lord has taken us places and done things. Like I said, and Bobby has had the opportunity yeah. to go to Haiti. And that was really, um, right. and my baby was two weeks old. Whenever he left? When he left. Wow. So uh, <laughs> speaking of Haiti, we brought the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir here to America, which was one of our orphanages in Haiti, uh, brought them here. And they sang, I want to say all three years. We did a three-year tour. I know we were at Maple Grove. I know we were at I don't think we were at Fairview, no. but we were at Rutgers Grove. We were at several Royston of your, Grove, Royston Grove, Rutgers yeah. Grove, several of the churches that you're involved with. And you guys always welcomed us so, so big. And then, you know, recently I think about this, um, our house just burned to the ground uh, in May, not even six months ago. And you were one of the people that stepped up financially to be able to help our family. And I, I can't even, you know begin to tell you how much we appreciate that. And so you've just sort of always been a little cornerstone here of whatever we need, whenever we need it. Uh, recently, you allowed me to come and speak at a women's breakfast, which was fantabulous, had real china, real tablecloths. I remember walking in and I was like, this is so super cool. And it was right after I had lost my china. My china had just burned in my fire. And so I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I made a simple request. I said, do you guys think that maybe you could help us with our shoe ministry and bring us shoes? And this office has been run over with the shoes that you and all of your churches have provided. How did you make that happen? Well, when you told me about the ladies that had occupations, and then you told me about the ladies who, if they didn't have an occupation or if they didn't have a skill, they would have to sell their bodies. Right. Or if they didn't have a husband that was growing right, something. Right. right. That spoke to my heart. Yeah. And we was in revival that week. Uh-huh. And so every night I got up and made an appeal because we had other churches coming in. And so I made an appeal to every night to everybody and just asked, you know, you may not be able to go to Haiti, but your shoes yeah. Can walk around in Haiti. I remember when I heard you saying that that morning, I was like, I've never even thought about it that way. How insane is that? Your your shoes. And so the way that works is in Haiti, if you don't have a pair of shoes, you can't go to school. And then in Haiti, uh, Marchands literally sit on the side of the road and sell. Typically, the women are selling whatever the men are growing. So if they grow broccoli or mangoes or rice or coffee or whatever, then they sit there and sell it. But if they don't have a husband or if the crop doesn't work or if the gangs come and take over the crop, they don't have anything to sell. And so then they end up selling themselves. And so what we've done is we've with the micro economic program, we've we've put them in business. And so they're actually on the side of the road selling shoes. Used shoes, shoes people just don't wear anymore. Right, and right. so shoes that we would normally just throw away or throw in the back of our closet. Uh, I mean, it's an easy peasy one, two, three ABC missions project to be and, able to do. And most women need to have cleaned their shoes Amen. out anyway. <laughs> and even Amen. I was old to my grandbabies and they got some shoes to get. Yes. Oh, is that bring, And they in my car. I got to get them uh, in another car, but I got to get them here. Uh, I've had women suggest call me. And like, I got shoes. I said, I meet you. Uh, it has just like spread it. Yeah. 
Somebody called me yesterday that's in Tacoa, and I said, Cato, um, who provides all of our amazing clothes. Don't y'all love this shirt? That is just beautiful. We're going to steal this shirt. Yes, um, get two of those. Cato <laughs> in Tacoa is also a drop-off point. So some of your churches, I think it's Zion that's in Tacoa, they called, and I said, oh, just drop them off at Cato. And she was like, oh, that'll be a great, save, oh, save me a trip to be able to come all the way. 211 Main Street Bakery in Livonia, they're they're a drop-off point. So there's place, other places that are doing it. So it's just pretty stinking cool that here in Northeast Georgia in our little bitty towns that we can make such an impact across the world. With shoes. Um, with that, shoes. I mean, you know, something simple. Something simple. So um, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. Are you guys helping with Thanksgiving this year? Well, I was talking to a lady this morning about that and she was interested and I said, well, let me check my schedule. Let me look at the dates and everything again. And she talked like we should be able to come Sometime. Sure. And then we also have our big night of hope, which is for kids whose parents are in jail. And that's uh, the, always the Thursday night before Christmas. And so that's a great way that maybe one of your churches might want to sponsor an angel or a child. Or if you know someone that needs to be included in that, we would be glad to do that. What is the most, what is the day that you look forward to to wake up that something special is on your agenda? What is your favorite thing to do? Is it with your kids? Is it with the women's ministry? Is it with your husband? What is it that, or is it a day that you can just <laughs> sit at home with the Bible? Which I, I know you don't get those days very often, but what is, what is it that when you look forward to that you know that that's on your agenda? I think it's every day okay. when I can wake up and I'm like, I raise my hand every morning. I'm like, Lord, I thank you. Yes. I can see the sunshine. I'm alive. I just think any day upright is a good day. Absolutely. What is the your favorite thing with all throughout the association that you get to that you get to do uh, with the ladies? What What do you most forward look for? Because you meet with them once a month, don't mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I meet. I, I enjoy the fellowship. Yeah. I enjoy the fellowship, and I enjoy looking forward to see what um, program. Because pretty much each church is. Um, in charge of whatever program they want to present. Like last month, no, this month, the months are crazy. Yes, they are. We was in Tacoa this month at Mount Zion Baptist Church, and they had um, breast cancer awareness. Oh, yeah. So they had a speaker, and then they had a minister that uh, done a beautiful job talking about the power of God's Word. And so just a fellowship and, and to see continued growth in God's people. Right. And just knowing that it's growing. It it's, is growing. It's, it's growing. And, 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 and you're getting to see it because you grew up here. So you've grown up in this small town and you've been able to watch it. You've been able to that's you've been able to make a difference. You've been able to change lives and you've been able to see the outcome of that. It's like you're planting seeds, but you're getting to see the growth. also. Right. A lot, not a lot of people get to do that. Uh, what advice do you have? I mean, and this is a smaller group of people that we'll be talking to. But what advice do you have for pastor's wives? First of all. Be sure you save. Because <laughs> you ain't going to make it if you're not. <laughs> Be sure you save. Right. Be sure you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. Be sure you know who you are and whom you are and that you're not trying to fill someone else's shadow. Because mm, if you don't, Satan's going to know exactly where to shoot those darts, right? Right, right. And you have to know that, as I said earlier, that you are 
you are a servant. It's nice to know that some people expect you to sit in the corner and look nice and be that uh, statue over there. Yeah, that, trophy wife. I thought that yeah, color Oh, that's good. Trophy yeah, wife. That's what I am. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm David's trophy that wife. That maybe <laughs> don't say nothing or can't say nothing or not allowed to do anything. But we're servant. Right. And uh, the pastor's wife is not who we are. That's a title that mm. that is bestowed upon us because our husband oh, that's good. is a pastor. But I see myself as a just a servant, just honored that God will entrust me mm. with things to do, to sow into people. Like I've been working with, with people since my son was 18 months old. Mm. I went to work with Head Start. Uh-huh. And I've had children come up to me, and those are the ones that call me Miss Peggy, because right. that's what they call me. Miss Peggy, because of this, because of that, you know, you impact my life. You, That's the joy yeah. that you get, your reward here on earth. Right. Uh, From the choices that you made back then to do that. Right. And then now the consequence or the reward you're getting is right. to be Because when I was growing fruit. up, I had two choices as a career. And God allowed me to fulfill both of them. Secretary was my number one. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a secretary. And I worked at um, Chicopee. It was then Chicopee, which formerly became Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. And now it's Farmatech. Okay. But I worked there as a secretary after I finished business uh, classes at Emmanuel. Went to Emmanuel twice. Because wow. when I finished school, my mama said, you're too young to be out of school. <laughs> so you have to go to Emmanuel. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I went, started that summer when I graduated and went on into the fall. Then at 50, I went back to Emmanuel. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and got education degree. Oh, wow. Yes. For what purpose? Because I wanted, first of all, and I had started an education degree and I had started college, but I had some classes to finish wow so i went back yes and it was a i took 17 hours oh my gosh did you go summer. into the classrooms with those other kids yes <laughs> did they after, think you were the teacher after working eight hours oh, all Peggy. day long That's for crazy. one whole year <laughs> one whole year worked eight hours and i was in middle school i would drive from Kunsville oh, every gracious. day That's stop at emmanuel from four to nine. What have you not done that you want to do? Hmm. I guess I'm satisfied right now. Yeah, me with, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm open to whatever the Lord said do or whatever he said go. I don't have, you know, a lot of people like go on cruise and yeah. I don't have no desire. I'm, I, this is my scripture. Lo, I'm with me always. So you don't want to go up in the plane? I don't have no idea. <laughs> But I say this, Jesus is up there walking on the clouds. So Amen. if I can look out and see him, you know, you said earlier <laughs> that you had memorized Psalm 23. So t- say to me the first two lines of Psalm 23, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. You know, sometimes I feel like I feel like that's where I'm at. I just, I really, he's my shepherd. I'm hanging out with him. I mean, I want peace in Haiti. I want our kids to do well. But I mean, as far as being at a point in your life that, you know, the house burning down taught me that what I really preach is what I really believe. I really am a believing believer that your joy doesn't come from your circumstances and your joy doesn't come from the material things you have or you don't have because we don't have any of the material things left. But I do have my joy. And and that's so amazing because uh, 
two weeks ago, I still do a uh, Bible study on conference call every Tuesday at okay. six o'clock. And so we finished the book of Philippians and I'm like, I just didn't feel nowhere to go. Yeah. What next book, what next subject? So then the Lord said, because we live in such a chaotic world and everything is in a mess, why not talk about joy? <laughs> so for two weeks, we talked about joy. I even had a little song I was singing, <laughs> which is not one of my strengths, but, you know, in Christ, you can do anything. That's right. And so we looked up scriptures about joy, joy, joy. And it was just for two weeks, just awesome. That's amazing. So if you need joy, you need to go to lovehimlovethem.org. Look us up. Get in touch with Miss Peggy Berriman. Find out how to be a part of her Tuesday night Bible study because she is the real deal. She is amazing, and she is someone that you'll want to have in your life and figure out a way to do that. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've been inspired, especially if you're a pastor's wife or if you're someone in ministry, if you're just someone who needs to draw closer to the Lord and receive that joy. Don't forget, love Him, love them.